two guys walk into a bar. And the third one misses. Tell sure. I'll tell it again since you guys sit down. I was explaining to her like I was like how most movies and plays are in three acts, and she said, "Well, Sister Act only had two. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? You are one pathetic loser. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the podcast where we discuss the best and worst movies from the 90s. This is Real 90. If you're going to spew, spew into this. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. What's your favorite scary movie? You can't handle the truth! On episode 4 of Real 90, we'll be discussing the 1995 film directed by Terry Gillum, 12 Monkeys. But first, let's introduce ourselves. Hi, I'm Shay Hornbeck. I'm Eric M. Hunter. I am Nick Prince. Hi, I'm Ricky Glore. And this is Real 90. Ricky, what movies have you watched Pepe. lately? By the request of my girlfriend, starting on Valentine's Day, she wanted to watch the saw movie series for valentine's it's a very valentine's day movie that's awesome that's cute very romantic yes it is and it turns out that we end up eating right when we start the movie which like the first scene in each movie is really really graphic so uh the other night like she's been good through we're up on number five right now we have to watch number six we started number five and it starts off with the uh the pendulum Right. Ripping the guy open, and we're we're eating tacos, and that starts, and she's like, "Oh, okay, we can't watch this while we eat. We got to watch something else." And her soft taco splits in half, and all of her beef falls out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but so then I'm like, "Well, what do you want to watch?" And she's like, "I don't care." And I was like, "SVU Law and Order." We're like, "Yeah, let's watch some rape instead of a guy getting right." Makes sense. Getting mutilated. Yeah. What about you, Nick? I've been out in Arizona, so I haven't been uh, had too many access uh, to uh, movies. But uh, the one I did watch uh, was Beverly Hills Cop. I caught it on Netflix, since I do get that here on the interwebs. And then uh, since House of Cards, not being a movie, but House of Cards started back up on Netflix, I've been watching oh, yeah. that. Good stuff. How, how far are you into the second season? Uh, I think I'm on episode uh, four. See, I only got through the first episode so far because I saw Don't ruin anything. I haven't watched second season yet. Yeah, it just came out, I think, either last week or... Uh, came out on Valentine's Day. It's really, really good. House of Cards is excellent. So it's been almost a week. If you haven't seen it yet, then it's there's spoilers all around. You haven't well, you haven't watched it at all yet, Eric. Well, you got to put a time frame on these things. You haven't you haven't start you haven't seen season one yet, or you haven't seen season two yet, Eric. No, no, I, I've, I'm in the middle of season two, but you can spoil it all you want. I'm still going to enjoy it. Uh, right. I don't uh, know. There's there's one particular thing in the beginning of like the first season that is a complete spoiler, or second season, the first episode, which I won't say anything to anybody. But right, and that's what I, I had heard that there was something. So I didn't want to I didn't want to hear anything about. Oh it. yeah, <laughs> it's a big spoiler. Uh, is it though? Is it really? Like, did you not see well, no, it coming? No, I saw it coming. Stop talking about it. No, in the I, didn't, I didn't see it coming. <laughs> did you see it coming? I'm just saying, like it was, it was inevitable. If you guys didn't think it was inevitable, that's crazy. <laughs> but to say we won't be seeing it coming anymore because it can't happen, right? <laughs> Something. No All longer. Right, Hunter, Hunter, what did you watch? What movies have you been watching, Hunter? Uh, I watched the Social Network. Cool. 
That was uh, it wasn't too bad. It's for the first time. For the first time, yeah. Uh, it's two hours long, but it still feels like it goes too quickly. Hmm. Um, but maybe that comes from the fact that I made the mistake of reading the book first. So there's a lot of information that they don't touch on because it's a movie, obviously. Right. Uh, what's his face? Who does? Who's um, Mark Zimmerman? Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. Yeah, Zimmerman. Zuckerberg. They're all the same. Zimmerman. George Zimmerman. Zuckerberg. Right. Uh, he was okay. He's got an excellent, excellent vision of excellent vision of acting like he doesn't give a shit. Which is, I don't know if that's really part of what the audience wants to see because at the end of the day it's like okay this is the guy who created facebook he runs facebook and he's like this nerd but he's like a nonchalant i don't care about anything and i like i don't know like i think it comes off just a little crass the guy who wrote the book makes him out to be this pretentious asshole which i mean in reality he might be but you know he's just the 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 way that he is perceived, at least in the movie, is that he's got, at no fault of his own, he cares about nobody except for himself and what he's doing. Which, right. I think they kind of balloon that a bit because he's just determined to to make something great. And that's what he wants to be known for, is something great. Right. And Facebook is what right. makes him great. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, with the whole money thing and... You know, people accusing him of stealing it from somebody else. Yeah, I liked the movie. I thought it was a really good movie. So It was a good movie, though. I liked it. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend watching it with a significant other or your wife, fiancé, what have you, if they have no idea of what's going on, because it goes super quickly. Yeah. Like, and the way that the movie's set up, it flashes back and forth between, you know, the past and or present day, and the guy playing... Um, Mark Zuckerberg looks identical, so you don't have any physical means of showing time passing. Right. When you flash back, you don't know how far they are from the last point. Right. You yeah. Them. So I mean, it's super confusing for somebody who doesn't know what's going on and what the story is. So, right. so that's yeah, that's why it feels so fast because you don't know if months or days or years. Right. I enjoyed it though. Yeah, it was a good movie. I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it was a great movie. I wouldn't put great on it, but it, I think it was for what it was trying to do. I think it did it well. But that's not saying much. I'm not a big fan of Justin Timberlake, so. No? Not even when he brings sexy really, back? Really, dude? I'm bringing sexy back. Yeah. The mother boys don't know how to act. Yeah. You have part of my attention. You have the minimum amount. Before we move on any further, since Eric Hunter and Nick Prince weren't on the last episode, well, Eric Hunter's time got cut short. Let's do a quick uh, recap for you guys on Chasing Amy. Uh, the movie's awful. <laughs> I'm done. I don't think it's it's awful. I think the first time I saw it, I really enjoyed it. The second time I saw it, I thought it was I don't know what it was. It was just very flat. It just wasn't as dynamic as I remember it being. Because I like all of his a lot of his movies or most I would say all of them. Um, but uh, who, whoever played I forget her name. Uh, who played Amy? Um, Alyssa Jones was uh, Joy Lauren Adams. I thought she was just a uh, okay. Yeah. Or Alyssa, yeah, Alyssa Jones, sorry, not Amy. She is such a bad actress. Oh, God, I saw her in something recent. She looks fucking awful. But I like the story. I just didn't, I, I just thought she was really bad, especially when she got <laughs> emotional. Yeah, she's one of those, her she's face one of those girls you can't stand when she's screaming, cr- when she scream, scream crying. Yes, yeah. 
Yeah, she's just like overacting. Okay, so Eric, uh, yeah. thumbs up or thumbs down? Thumbs down, Ricky. Come on, really? Thumbs down. Nick Prince, thumbs up or thumbs down? Well, I've hated this rating system since we started this show because there's no in between. So I guess since I don't like it, it has by default it has to be a thumbs down. It does. I agree. It's three to one. How about you, Shay? The last thing I watched, actually, it's funny and it it sucks because I got home from work today and I sat down, turned on the TV, and a movie started, and I was like, okay. We're going to see what it is. It ended up being The Wiz. <laughs> nice. And we just sat there and I watched it and said, this will be good. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen it. And I didn't realize it was uh, 1978 mm-hmm. is when that oh, yeah, was yeah. made. Mm-hmm. I thought it was in the 80s, but uh, 78, yeah. And I'm watching it. I'm like, I thought Michael Jackson was supposed to be in this. And he, I, I IMDb'd it, and obviously he plays the Scarecrow, but it doesn't look. I mean, you can't tell it's him with all the makeup and everything they put mm-hmm. on him. And the peanut butter cup thing on his nose. Um, and the little, and the little kids, kids on him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> With your Star Wars toys in the background. That's right. <laughs> Come here, little kids. But no, yeah, I watched The Wiz. Come here, little kids. So, and it, it, was, it was painful, but I had to see how it ended. I mean, I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know how it ends? They all got mowed down in gunfire. That's like watching the Titanic. It's like watching the Titanic and not knowing how it ends. <laughs> oh my god, the ship goes down? Did not Why? see that coming. coming. What did you get in history? Oh, enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I watched The Wiz, but I've also been watching uh, House of Cards as well. Alright, well we're going to go to our commercial yeah, from the 90s that has a little something that uh, we thought would fit with the 12 Monkey scenario. So here we are, going to our break. We'll be right back. Be right back. Every day, America Online is making it easier for people to live, work, and play. Hey, Dan, ready for the game? I'm just finishing up here with my new kayaking friends. Kayaking friends on your computer? Yeah, I just got America Online. Sounds great. Listen, I can't go to the game today. What? I've got to send something for my mom's birthday. It's tomorrow. I'll then book plane tickets for our trip next week, and my kids got to go to the library to look up dinosaurs. Hey, we can take care of all that before we go. Yeah, right. Oh, with America Online. America Online can do all that? Yeah. How about sending your mom some nice flowers? All you do is click on Marketplace. We place an order. Call now for America Online, a new way to use your computer to communicate, have fun, and get instant news and information. Flowers are sent. Now let's access the online travel service. How long have you had this? About a week. And it's so easy. All you do is point and click. But how does it work? All you need is a computer and a regular phone line. They send you the software and give you 10 free hours to check it out. Call now for your free America Online Startup Kit and get free software and 10 free online hours. It's everything you need to get online. Plane tickets are ordered. Now, let's look up dinosaurs. What do you think? Compton's Encyclopedia or National Geographic? You get all that with America Online? Yeah, you can read Business Week Online before it hits the newsstand. Update your stock portfolio every 15 minutes with PC Quote. You can even play fantasy football. Call now for 10 free hours of America Online and get instant access to the worlds of sports, finance, computing, and entertainment. Here come the dinosaurs. I saved you a trip to the library. That's great. Yeah, downloading is easy, too. You know, I can even send email on the Internet. And, of course, there's my personal favorite, live chat. That's how I met my new kayaking buddies. We'll check that out later, after the game. So how do you get America Online? Oh, well, that's easy, too. You just call their 800 number. I got to check this out. 
call 1-800-614-3434 now for your free America Online Startup Kit with free software and 10 free online hours. It's everything you need to get online. So call 1-800-614-3434. Good observer, Cole. We have a very advanced program, something very different. An opportunity to reduce your sentence considerably. And possibly play an important role in returning the human race to the surface of the Earth. No license, no prints, no warrants. But he took on five cops like he was just into the eyeballs. What year is this? What year do you think it is? 1996. That's the future, James. Do you think you're living in the future? I'm simply trying to gather information to help the people in the present trace the path of the virus. We're not in the present now. This is a place for crazy people. I'm not saying you're not mentally ill. For all I know, you're <laughs> crazy as a loon. The army of the 12 monkeys, they're the ones that spread the virus. Monkeys? He's been living in a meticulously constructed fantasy world, and that world is starting to disintegrate. You haven't become addicted to that dying world? No, sir. He needs help. You think I'm crazy when people start dying next month? I don't belong here. You're here because of the system. I know some things that you don't know. Yes, my son. You sent me to the wrong year. You're certain of that? Science ain't an exact science. You had a bullet from World War One in your leg, James. How did it get there? I don't know. You're a trained psychiatrist. You know the difference between what's real and what's not. You said that I had delusions. You said you could explain. I'm trying to. I want the future to be unknown. I can help you. Get you out. Monkeys. The thing mutates, we live underground! They're watching you. I just want to do my part to get us back on top in charge of the planet. back that was our commercial and now we are going to talk about the 1995 film 12 monkeys that was directed by terry gillen and starred bruce willis madeline stowe brad pitt and lots of other actors as well so and we're going to talk about that obviously it was my turn to choose uh my second time in and i got to choose the movie 12 monkeys and the reason i chose it uh like i said in the last episode when I watched it when I was younger, it actually disturbed the crap out of me. So I wanted to watch it again and see how I take it now later in life. I'm a little more grown up and it's and see how it holds up. Obviously, that's what we do with the 90s movies. Watching it again, and Annie had never seen it, so she started watching it with me. And she actually got up and went to bed because she said, it's making yeah. me feel like I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> she said, it's making me feel like I'm crazy, and I'm not going to get any sleep, so I'm going to go to bed now. I was like, okay. I think that's actually a review that's on the back of the DVD. It's like, Roger Ebert, uh, sci-fi fantastic, Annie. It 
made me feel like I'm going crazy. <laughs> exactly. I think the last time I saw it, I was 12, and I didn't get it. It's a pretty in-depth movie, so... It's no Home Alone year old. or I Predators 2. It. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. not only... <laughs> like, you have to really focus on it, and... Yeah. You, and I probably saw it about five or five years ago, and I, I enjoyed it, and I've enjoyed it ever since. I really like that movie. I was glad you picked that. Yeah, I love the movie. It's definitely a great one. And one of the cool things that I liked about it is that, and then I think I texted this to Ricky earlier, was that uh, it allows us to geek out and talk about time travel rules. So, so that's one of, I think, oh, the biggest problems <laughs> that I had with the movie was right. Harry Gilliam, anyway, is known for being kind of a clusterfuck abstract director. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've all have seen Fisher King with Jeff Bridges and Robin Williams. Yeah. But stylistically, especially in the Nut House um, in Twelve Monkeys, it looks almost identical. Looks like the same movie. But so what I have a problem with with Twelve Monkeys is I think it Terry Gilliam had said that he wanted you to feel like you didn't know if Bruce Willis was actually crazy or not. Right. Yeah, and I think that's probably. The and I don't question. feel that was executed in the movie. No. Because we start off with him in the future. Right. As a viewer, I wasn't questioning if he was crazy because we're kind of being told the movie through his perspective. Well, that's the other thing, and He's too, a pretty reliable if narrator. If you think he's crazy or if he wants you to believe, then why are you telling the story from other people's point of view? Right. Like, it seems right. like if, if he wants to let it lead us to believe that this per- he's insane the whole time, he's been in this asylum, whether it's in the future or the past, then we would stay with him and see everything through his point of view. I think, too, that the thing, I can see where he wanted to try and do that, and the, the bulk of the movie, I think, actually allows you to feel like he could possibly be crazy, like all of this is just a farce that's going on in his head, except for the fact of when he's not in the scenes, and it switches yeah. to where he disappears from the where he's strapped in and there's no straps broken or yep. anything and then they're like oh he's And you scared. see them come in and they talk right. to each other and then right. the other one is you see uh Jay I agree with that for your but I just character and the animal uh store talking about their plan they're getting ready to Right. Do. I disagree right. with the bulk of the movie supports that he isn't crazy because only other characters are saying oh you're crazy you're not from the future blah 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 this isn't the present where he never believes that until like other people world. start believing he is from the future. Right, like the last half hour, he starts to think, okay, maybe I am crazy. So, Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It would be great if we did either see scenes from the future, like it didn't start off in the future, but we do. Or if we went he, back to the future at times, of, to the doctors in that panel, and they're discussing like where he is, or we see from their point of view, do they, do they see him on a monitor, or do they just happen to wait for him and he appears all of a sudden? Right. Yeah. Because like he swallows the the spider or whatever in the um and the and the psych ward and when he comes back he's like I swallowed a spider and they're like yeah it was we couldn't do anything with it. Right. So it would have been cool to go behind the scenes more and see that kind of stuff happen. Yeah, I don't know. I think because I guess it comes out that they track you and whatever by your teeth. Yeah. Which was yeah. not explained very well. No, it was like because he didn't knock twice. out all of his teeth. He only right. knocked out some of them. Right. Well, you can't have Bruce Willis without a smile, I guess. Not in the 90s. <laughs> can't look like uh, well, I think the, hob- the, the, the hobo dude like showed the back, so he just, yeah. I guess, assumed... That so the hobo like, dude, that part didn't make any sense either, because he's the only character that kind of supports that maybe he is crazy. Right. His name's Bob, because he sees him in the present day slash past, and then he hears the voice in the head of the dude when he's in the future, and that never gets explained. Right. Yeah, I would love to see. I a forget. Do you see Bob of this? on the street after you hear him in the prison? Um, yes. Because the girl, maybe they the woman the runs into him. 
the doctor runs into okay. him. And so she maybe says, he, he goes to the from past the future as well. He volunteers to go into the past. Yeah. Yeah, but the doctor and, goes and, up to him and says, uh, aren't you from yeah, the future? And she gets, he gets freaked out. Right. And like walks away like you crazy lady. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Eric's being really quiet about all this. What do you think about no, it? The, the, uh, the hobo doesn't make any sense. The The old lady on the plane at the very end doesn't make any sense. That makes, she's the same age 40 years later. That makes sense. And the reason, well, she's one of the doctors. Yeah, she's the doc. She's like, you go back, you find these things, and then we'll go and take care of the things we need to be taken care of. So we just need you guys to do the legwork. But I agree with Eric in that it, he's in the future in 2035, and she's on the plane in Although, 1996, and she doesn't look... The date of the future is never said within the movie. And, Only in promotional ads for the commercial and uh, literature in the script did it say 2035. Yeah, they say the year is 2035. But not in the movie. That's a problem I have with the movie too. Yeah, yeah, right. They just you just you just kind of assume that it's it's yeah. Well, right. if he's like six or yeah. seven in nineteen ninety six, then and I mean Bruce Willis has got to be in his late thirties, early forties. Do we also ever find out why he's in prison? No, no, nothing at all. See, there's so many things unexplained that would have made this movie right. That's why I would better love to see and less it. abstract. I would love to see a director's cut of the movie where there's not so much editing being done so they can fit it into a time frame to put in the theaters. So here's the thing, though, is Terry Gillum, this is one of his first movies that he had, final cut of the movie. So the movie that went to theaters is the cut that he wanted. The studio actually wanted to make changes, and he did not make any changes. He released the movie that he wanted to release. I think he purposely released it to be fucked up. Right. Which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, I'm fine with things that that, that go unexplained. That doesn't change the experience for me. The, just the fact that some of the things just don't make any sense. That's the problem. Like with her being on the plane at the very end and she's in the council 30 years later. Like you don't have to assume, you don't have to, you don't have to have somebody tell you what year it is in the future to infer how long it's been between the years. Wait, so like, there's too think... many things like that though. There's too many things that they don't explain that pile up. Well, let's touch on the lady on the plane again. So are you saying that, are you assuming that she, that's her from 1996 on the plane, who's then later on the council? Or? As the audience, yes, that's we are uh, to assume happened. Okay, see, I don't assume that as the audience because they talk about through the movie what, that they send the volunteers back into the past to try and find where this started, where the virus started. And then once they do the legwork, they find that they themselves will go back to the past in order to take care of the situation. So I assume, as the audience, that is her from the future that went back once he found out that that's the guy who started it all. So he said Yeah, I can buy that because they want to get the most pure form of the virus, and he's sitting right next to her with the vials in the suitcase. Right. And the joke he's already let it out. He let it out of the airport. They're not trying yeah, to but the stop movie, it, though. The movie, they're not trying to stop it. They're trying to find the most cure one so they can save the people in the future. Right. The past has already happened, so they're trying to save the last 1% of the population. Right, because they even yeah, say throughout the movie that you can't stop what already happened. You can't change what already happened. We can only get this so we can study it in the future to take care of it so we can get back on the surface. And control yeah, it's not your traditional... Uh, let's go time travel and stop what happened before. It's right. not that we can stop Hitler to right. stop World War II. It's no, no matter what you do, it's the events are going to transpire. It's about saving who we are as time goes on. Right. right. I get that. that Terminator does that, and they do it a lot more clear. Right. No, that's not true. 
Yeah, it is. No, Terminator's they, all no, about that you can't really change the future. He goes back no, he's to going stop back to everyone, Connor, from happening. Yeah, but we don't know at what point was the original point. I mean, if you didn't understand Terminator, Ricky, I don't know if we could have this conversation. No, I did, but but Terminator. Terminator was trying. Terminator is a paradox, though. We don't know when the original, the initial one took place, because inevitably, remember they always say Judgment Day is inevitable. But they're going to explain that in Terminator Eight, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Eight Nine and Ten. By itself, long gigantic text crawl at the beginning. Right, right. Star Wars crawl. Right. But no, I mean, taking the first Terminator by itself, he he comes back from the future to stop. John Everything. Connor. Yeah. Not right. John Connor defeating the machines. The right. Right. This is a completely different idea of time travel. Yeah. They don't want to stop. They they think that you can't because I. They even mention a couple of times the idea of alternate dimensions, and that I guess you could look at the whole Back to the Future thing of you can go back. I mean, we can't stop it now because that doesn't change anything because we're already skewed down to this new dimension line. So they. They talk about alternate dimensions in 12 Monkeys a lot, meaning you can't go back and stop it because you're already here in this future. It already exists, so they just need to make their future better, like their present better, I guess you should say, by learning from that virus that they can... 12 Monkeys does the paradox, though, too. Unlike Back to the Future, you never know. It's I I can't explain what their time travel theory is because in Back to the Future, Marty didn't always go back. Back to 1955, because when he comes back in the first movie, things have changed mm-hmm. based on what he did in the past. But somehow, yeah, but somehow with Twelve Monkeys storyline is that it always happened this way. Right. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't change it. Right. 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 So that's why I'm saying, as far back to the lady on the plane, is that as the audience member, I assume that is her from their present time or the 96 future. That goes back so here's, to get the virus. So what I'm saying is, if if you can't change the future, she was always on the plane being sent back to that time point. Based on if she is someone that was sent back, she's not changing. She was the future. always sent, she's making it better. Right. But what I'm saying is, if they need to get gain information, at what point do we see the first experiment, the first time that it was sent back? After she gets back from the past. She's not interacting with the yeah, events. That is, that is the first experiment. She's just observing them. Right. But I'm saying, though, she always had to be in that seat sitting next to the guy. Well, but that's the past. Well, maybe you should so from this point on, Bruce but we Willis saw it for the first back. time. It's... Is it? Because then is the first time. Is Was there ever a present where James Cole did not see a guy get shot that was himself? No, because he always dreamed about it. No. Yeah. Right. So, there, so it means, was there always the lady in the plane? Yes. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Like the time paradox doesn't make doesn't really make sense right. in this movie because that would mean because what they was James Cole always in World War Two with that bullet in his leg. World War One. Yes. World War One. Yeah. <laughs> right, and that was kind of one of the things too, is because uh, what was the guy's name? Juan. Jose. Was his name? Jose. Jose ends up being World War II. She does this study on the whole apocalyptic idea, but did she do that beforehand, or was it based off of solely the first time that she ran into Bruce Willis's character in the insane asylum, or in the um, in in the prison, and then in the insane asylum, and him talking about it and the Army of the Twelve Monkeys? Is that what caused her to then turn around, do this study, and and then found footage of uh, Jose, who then is talking about the same thing in World War? One and then she just happens to have that photo 
of Bruce Willis than reaching out to him in the middle of a fire. Right. Uh, I don't think so because even from the beginning, she talks, she keeps saying, you know, you look familiar. Right. Where have I seen you before? Even before we, as the, the audience, we see her giving the speech about the World War II guy who was quote unquote predicting the future. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that has always happened. Okay. So if the, the doctors in the future, when they send back Bruce Willis the first time, if he had already been sent back, in a different paradox, in a different dimension, when they already have the information that the 12 monkeys doesn't matter, that's not the virus? No, because they're in a different paradox. So those doctors in so that like, dimension and that in that dimension don't know. That's why they keep sending them back in order to find it out. Yes. And that's why then Jose shows up again at the end is like, hey, we got your phone call. We wish we would have gotten it earlier. So what did you guys think about Brad Pitt's character? Uh, awesome. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's Brad Pitt, man. He's, yeah. you know. His version of crazy... Was great. Even to so. this day, he's he's he can, can continues to amaze me. I mean, he's just such a great actor. He he can play so many different characters. Like I started to really pay attention to his mannerisms during the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah. okay, obviously he's not crazy, but like as a person. But I want to watch how he does this. Right. And man, like his he it as an audience member, and goddamn, we've said that all night. But <laughs> I've said that all night. Um. Like, he really makes you believe that there's something fucked up with him. Oh, yeah. You know, like, he's constantly doing things with his hands. And, it, like, I love the parts where somebody yells at him, especially in the, the psych ward. They're like, hey, if you don't come down, we're going to give you a shot. He's like, oh, that's right. That's right. I totally forgot about that. Right. Like, I forgot I'm being like watched and there's punishment. Yeah. Yeah, like, that. that is selling your character. Like, that's, yeah. it's hard not to pick how up about on his, uh, How about his wondering eye? Yeah, yeah, that was. It was a. Contact. I didn't notice that until like after he got know. out. That was a contact because I oh, saw really? that too, so I had to look it up. I'm like, that's jacked up that he could do that the whole time with his eye. It was an oversized contact <laughs> where over the basic part of his um, iris was white, and it was then, just white. Yeah, and the rest was just the okay. color of an eye. I thought this was the only movie that I've seen him actually do acting in. I feel like every other movie he plays the same. Kind of unaffected cool guy. Fight I thought he was great in this, but unaffected cool guy. Yeah, like he always acts like his character doesn't kind of give a shit. Uh, interview with a vampire. Fight Club. Yeah. Fight Club. Yeah, that's a good one. That's another crazy. It's great. He does crazy very. What's up? Oh, uh, another question. Who or what are the twelve monkeys? I know it's the, his gang, but does it? Yeah, does it's him and eleven other guys. Oh. Yeah, that released no. animals to free them. That you don't find out. You never see the end. other eleven guys. No, you don't. But the, you see those young kids, and then I guess that's kind of a end. The, the you do meet a few guys that you didn't see before, like with those kids, like older guys with black trench coats and carrying like an axe, and he's like, "You're a great person," or whatever yeah. he says to him. So yeah, I think maybe that's part of it. But yeah, it's, again, it's something else that's mentioned that doesn't really get too much traction in the movie as far as those guys. Yeah, I feel the guy that releases the virus isn't a big enough character in the movie to kind of like follow at all. Right. I, well, I, I mean, they kind of. So now you're you're with Cole in his an adventure. So he came out of nowhere and released the virus. None of us saw it coming. Yeah. Even the thought of uh, James Cole when he would think back and have those dreams after he met Brad Pitt's character, all of a sudden he thought that guy who said "watch it" was Brad Pitt. 
which I thought was right. kind of a cool thing to do. Yeah. To make it seem like that. It's like you don't always truly remember everything the way it was. It's just certain people are like kind of jog your memory and you think that they were a part of it. So I thought that was really cool. And maybe that's why he didn't want that guy to be a big major character. I mean, he wanted the surprise ending. Well, you didn't have to. You got a major actor to play him. Right. I mean, that that alone right. kind of... When he approached the desk to... Uh, what was her name? Riley? Ridley? Ridley? Yeah, Riley. Um, I mean, Riley. I noticed him right away. And I was like, oh, he's going to be interesting. And then he disappeared until an hour later, and he showed up with the main doctor. And I'm like, okay, obviously he plays a role in this, so they're not going to spend the money to get this well-known actor to do it. Right. I don't know. So you think that was kind of a fault of the director of the casting then? Uh, I don't know. I think it was... They kind so of gave away... That guy, that guy wasn't anything in 1995. Through the rest of the 90s, oh, he got yeah, more well-known. Yeah, my true. guess is you know him from stuff he did after. That's a good point. That's yeah, true. I just recognize his face. I can say when I saw him, so yeah. So, like, I knew Christopher Plummer, who plays Brad Pitt's dad, from being an old classic actor... And his dad is kind of a red herring because he doesn't really have it. Like, he helped create the virus, but he's not the one that spreads it. Right. Actually, he tried to make a situation where he could stop it from being done because he started to kind of right. believe what the, the doctor, the, the lady was saying. <clears throat> so, let's see here. I think it could go either way. Oh, yeah. David Morse really didn't do much before that movie. And then he blew up. That actor is. A little fun yeah. fact, though, Bruce Willis, it was, uh, as far as I know, his first of two movies where he gets shot and dies with a surprise ending. Oh, what was yeah, the other what one? he also says about being able to see dead people. Right. Yeah, I saw that, too. I was in like, the movie. oh, foreshadowing. Just four years before. <laughs> it's in the future. That's right. Yeah, so that uh, the, the actor that, you're, that releases the virus, Eric, um, is David Morse. He blew up after The Rock, which came out right. after this. Ah, uh, The Rock. Please tell me that's not a He's nice in movie. Contact, oh, The Rock. This week, um, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. And in Green Mile, he plays the uh, yeah. the assistant to Tom Hanks. Like Brutus? Hanks' walking boss. Yeah, it's Brutus or, the, or Brutus yeah. or something like that. Yeah, it's something like that. All really good oh, movies. Minus, uh, yeah, yeah, Brutus. Minus The Rock. You don't like The Rock? So, yeah, I mean, like, looking at it now... You see that guy, and this being one of his first bigger movies, you're like, oh yeah, I know that guy. There's no way that even if he's a small part, he's not going to pay off. Right. That's a good point. How do you guys feel about, because I know when you guys talked about Predator 2, um, you guys talked a lot about the fact that it dating itself by putting dates in the movie. How did you guys feel about it in this one, with them putting dates in the movie? So now that it's 20 years later... That does it date it by putting those dates in the movie when it starts off ninety? It says in nineteen ninety was set in a mental hospital and. Then... Uh, I was saying, I was saying for Predator two, it, it felt dated in the sense that it was just the technology. Okay, you're just watching it from now and looking back. Right. This one, I didn't feel that way because in the in the future, even though they are in whatever year they are in twenty twenty five twenty thirty five. Right. It's the the world's in ruins, so they're not going to have high tech equipment. It's going to be a post apocalyptic kind of feel. So. Mm-hmm. And then they go to the past in 96, and it looks like 96. Right. Or right. 90 or whatever. So, no, I didn't feel that it felt dated at all. But, I mean, do you feel that because they put dates on the movie, like trying to watch it in the future later, that it's like, okay, instead of it making it feel like you're part of that movie today because it is telling you it's 1990, so you're like, oh, my God, this is over 20 years I think old. it's lucky. I think it's lucky because... It's, um, like Nick said, it, because of the virus destroying 2035, mm-hmm. 
2035, we won't expect it to look like that because it was a big thing that happened. Right. That 1990, something they did well is whenever they're watching the TV, they're not watching television from 1990. Right. They're, they're not watching, watching Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Right. They're watching Looney Tune cartoons that are black and white. That are classic and will always be around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the Florida right. Keys commercials. I, I love the Florida Keys commercials. That was great. Yeah, I was curious. <laughs> I was reading something about that. Like why they burned See, I think there's up. so much more to that. Right. This is and based I think maybe it's on, part of the It's based I'm on, I'm on, on a film a film. Yeah, find that else. out. Is it part of the original the movie that this is based off of was, was the nineteen sixty two French film where mostly the movie is based out of um picture stills. Just out of pictures. Yeah. Okay. But I don't know how, what the story is from that. I meant to write it down. But, but I know Terry yeah. Gillum did not watch that before making this. Oh, he didn't. No. Does this movie feel dated to you, Hunter? No. It reminds me of uh, Naked Lunch. I mean, Naked Lunch used, was a very um, steampunk style when it came to their technology, just like this. I don't think you can really date that kind of thing. I think it's more interesting than... Um, I think it's more interesting to see than the impression of it being dated. That makes sense. I agree. It has like an Alien 3 look. Yeah. Like, you know it's in the future. You understand that there's crazy technology going on, but it's nothing that... they. It looks like they take household items to make their technology work. Right. Which is a lot more believable than, yeah. you know... They came up with something you know, new and fan. Fancy yeah, underground. Yeah, or even the future from Dead People or whatever the whatever that movie was with with this what's his face? Oh, that one. Yeah, I can't. Remember. <laughs> it was really bad. So I remember. No, I think that's a I think that's a good good idea. Is if you're going to make a movie that's based in the future, like there would still be classes of people that still have old technology. Yeah, because either they're poor or. For whatever reason, they just didn't want to move to the, the the new ones of evil and witchcraft. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's still going to be people living an analog in a digital world. Right. I mean, there are some people that still don't have a cell phone. They refuse to get one, and it's you know they still use the touchstone that hangs on their wall. Those people are called Amish. <laughs> they don't use phones. Oh, yeah, I don't think no. they have phones. Right I, don't, I don't watch the Amish Mafia. I don't know. Well, has there ever Nick been a apocalyptic movie where the future was was shown as being good? No, because it's, it's no, like it's always a dystopia. Yeah, so I mean that would be funny. Have a post-apocalyptic movie where everyone's like, "I'm glad that shit happened. <laughs> Things are so much better." <laughs> there you go. Uh, there should be actually got everything flying cars clean and nice that. and new. Yeah, we actually got flying cars out of that. Yeah, right. And nobody cares anymore. Yeah, a lot of people had to die, but we got flying cars. Right now, do you think five minute movie? Because uh, I know at the beginning you guys were kind of <coughs> talking about how you don't know what year it is set in. They don't really say anything in regards to it. You have to try and figure it out. Um, do you think maybe that's because in Back to the Future too, when they do tell you what year it is, that you're like, okay, that year's going to come to pass. And then you're going to have all these people being like, once you get past that date, and you're like, nah, this sucks. That's not what happened. No, because I think they yeah, did. That's what we talked about with Predator, too. In 1997. <clears throat> yeah. So I think it's just another one of those things where they're like, you know, we're not going to let anybody know what the year is. Right. Kind of leave it up for whatever you want it to be. And I like it better that way. Maybe they've lost the year. Maybe they forgot. They didn't bring a calendar underground. <laughs> yeah, floating, Do you think uh, uh, is immune like to the virus? Do you think yes. He, you think he's immune to it? 
Yeah, because yes. he was at the airport when it was released, and then obviously he doesn't die. Well, why would they keep suiting him up when he goes out on his volunteer mission at the beginning? That's yeah. That's where I'm. That's where I'm kind of confused. To not so bring it back. Years. Well, they scrub him down. Because I think it could get into his bloodstream or onto the skin. Yeah, but if you, that's why right, they say even if the suit breaks, they got to dispose of you. Right. You can't come back in. Okay. Um, yeah. What about? That's, so that then, was my question. I was wondering why they always suit him up. But then wouldn't everyone who made it underground, because it moves so fast the way they talked about so rapidly, so everybody that survived it and made it underground, wouldn't they all be immune as well? I think they are. That's what I took. Well, they couldn't be because, whatever it says, 5 billion people died. Right. So I wouldn't think they would. So, And I hurt. wouldn't think that they were either because they have to, I mean, they're trying to find a strand, the purest form of this virus so that they can study it, and take back over the surface. So I would assume that none of them are immune. That would be my assumption. Well, we also don't see the class of people that aren't prisoners. We don't see the city underground of the non-prisoners. So I kind of assume there's a government, which is the doctors and scientists, and then everyone else is a prisoner that isn't a guard for the prisoners. Okay. Right. I think there's like 50 people. Shay, going back... I would say that people are are Ricky whoever said. I would say their their people are immune. I would say one percent of the world was immune to the virus. That's what there's I no think. There's no way Cole Cole gets re, Cole was there right there at ground zero when the virus was released, and he's perfectly fine. Right. Nick Prince brought up a, a good idea or a good uh, observation when we were texting after we watched the movie, <laughs> and it's that the parallels between what happens in the future to James Cole and what happens when he's sent back in the past. Oh yeah, like the uh, the uh, he gets. It was like the exact same shot when he comes into the psych ward. He gets admitted. You see him naked. They're dousing him with whatever and scrubbing him down. To oh yeah, there's him. lots of that. And then the identical. Yeah. So I it's like those that. parts that I think would have been cool to play with if if he's crazy or not. Right, and that that may be why the director decided to do that, but it didn't. Do or it goes to show that in 60 years we haven't changed. We're still right. judging people for whatever. And right. Why is he so I strong? I don't know. He lifts weights. But he stays in no, they talk about that he put down like five cops, two of them are in their hospital. So does he have this strength that other people don't have? Does sending you back in the past give you strength that? Are you asking it for real or is that a joke? No, I'm asking it for real because they portray him as being a much stronger person than an average person. Right. Well, it's because nobody takes him to beat the shit out of two cops. They don't justify <laughs> that he can do that. Yeah, they they take they say he's they show like instances where he's much stronger than everyone else around him, even when he's drugged up and he's escaping the hospital. Yeah. He beats the shit out of like three dudes, like big dudes. And at the party where he's jumping over a couple stories of steps and landing on his shot, and leg he's not hurt, and yeah, yeah, he's able to get up and run off. So kind of like there's a lot of shit that's not explained. Kind of like an unbreakable thing. <laughs> and he sees dead people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> M. Night. That's the. That's where he got the idea for the movie. Right. <laughs> no, this movie actually Bruce Willis plays all of his characters that he's ever been in any of the movies. He's John McClane. He's Unbreakable. That's he what the Twelve people. Monkeys is. The Twelve Monkeys. Twelve are movies. His twelve. All twelve, 12 roles. Movies. <laughs> his twelve roles. That's funny. All right. Who wants to? Let's see here. Yeah. Eric, did you have to have a favorite line? It was the I see dead oh, people God, everywhere. Dude. Okay. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a no-brainer. Like, when I saw that, I was like, oh, write that down. <laughs> there it is. My... I see dead people everywhere. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Nick, what about you? What was your, did you have a favorite line? 
Uh, my favorite line is when he starts to almost uh, fold in the movie and just accept his fate that uh, he is in reality in 1996 and that the future is just as insane. And he says, I am insane and you are my insanity. Good one. That is a good one. Cool. Thanks, I wrote it. Yeah, <laughs> I really like that one. Ricky? Uh, Jeffrey Brad Pitt's line when he was with him in the insane asylum at the beginning and they're talking about the attack or the escape on their beds at night. And he says, there's no right, there's no wrong, there's only popular opinion. Yeah, when he's talking about majority majority rule. Yeah. 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 Right. If 12 monkeys, if 12 crazy people are the majority, there's only one sane person, insanity is now sane. Right. That's true. So, like, when he continues to talk yeah, about... Yeah, I love his like, whole monologue about the talking about the germ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he talks about how, And people like, thought that the doctor was insane for thinking of germs. <laughs> And that uh, well, and there's a lot of crazy people in here. In that first asylum scene, there's he's tons of doing tons of foreshadowing for the rest of the movie. Um, When he talks about the guy, like you got to tell the nurse ahead of time if you want to watch something on the TV. He's like, there's this guy, and he was always requesting a show that's already been played, Uh, but you got to tell her before. He couldn't grasp the idea that you can't that the charge nurse couldn't make it yesterday. Right, couldn't turn back time. Saying you yeah. can't turn back time, which is exactly what Bruce Willis is doing. Right. And is the mantra of the movie. You can't stop what's going to happen. Yeah, awesome. Shay, what's um, your favorite line? Well, I don't really, I didn't really have a favorite line. Obviously, I liked a lot of the lines in the movie, but one of my favorite moments in the movie was when she actually, when Madeline Stowe's character actually starts to realize that he is for real, that he's telling the truth. And she runs and grabs that photo of him in World War Two, and then just one, just or, yeah, sorry, World War One. <laughs> All and, night, and just like does the whole no and throws it. I was just like, okay, it's cheesy, no. it's cheesy, but it no. Worked. So. no, no, yeah, that was a good scene. Yeah, or the scene when he's in the car with her, like the second or third time he comes back, and he's listening to the music. Mm-hmm. And he like starts to tear up because he hasn't heard music in forever. Right. Like, man, that I was like, all right, yeah, Bruce Willis. I mean, I never thought he was an amazing actor, you know. But that's that was a hell of a scene, dude. Armageddon. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah, the worst movie <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, Armageddon. Oh, really? Love you, Grace. We had to watch Chasing Amy last week. Good point. <laughs> oh, Count it. it. Wasn't that bad? I know it wasn't. It wasn't that good either. Whoa. <laughs> But it, it wasn't right. that bad. Yeah. Right, right. Wait, I'm confused. Wait, it's no. got to be your bull. <laughs> so, Eric, does the movie hold up, Eric? Uh, I like it. I do. Um, I think the performances were well performed. I think the writing was just off the cuff that we can have an hour-long conversation like we just did. I think it, that was by design, and I'm okay with that. I don't, li- ever, I, mean, I don't like being spoon-fed what's going on every single movie that I watch. Every once in a while, I like to infer and make up my own decisions, and I think that's what makes them the movie great. So it gets a thumbs up, or Nick, um, four out of five reels. There you go. Oh, thank you. We're going to start adopting <laughs> the reels. <laughs> what about you, Nick? Does it hold up? Uh, yeah, so I agree with Eric. Uh, I, I love the post-apocalyptic style films, um, and this one was uh, very good. I like Bruce Willis, and I thought he did a great acting, and the, and the rest of them all. And Brad Pitt, of course, was amazing. Um, the story was fun and kept me entertained. Um, so I, I agree with Eric. I give it four out of five reels. <laughs> nice, nice. Or, or a thumbs up. Ricky, what about you? Does no, it, no, does it hold up? 
I think it holds up. I don't think it feels dated because it does a good job of keeping from that happening. Um, I agree, Bruce Willis and Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, I think, gives his best acting that he has in any movie. But I think Terry Gillum gets in his own way in this movie. I think it's too much of a clusterfuck. There's too many things that take me out of the movie. I think his own stylized directing is too much the same as his other movies, um, which I don't care for. So I give this a two out of five reels and a thumbs down. I will not be watching this again. And he's by himself again. All right, so... How many reels? How many reels? Two out of five. He said two out of five. So I'm going to go with absolutely holds up. Loved it. Um, Watching it again almost felt like kind of watching it for the first time, but obviously I remembered what happened. Uh, I agree with all you guys. Brad Pitt did an amazing job. I think Bruce Willis did a great job. Madeline Stowe, I thought she did a great job. Um, I disagree with the Terry Gillum issue. I don't think he gets in his own way. I think he made his way in this movie. I think that it set it up to a point that, as Eric said, I agree with, that I don't need to be spoon-fed everything. It opens up enough doors for me to look through and decide what's on the other side of it without them telling me, no, 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 this is what it is. So I like that idea, especially in a post-apocalyptic and a time-travel style of movie. So I agree with uh, Eric and Nick. I'm going to give it four and a half reels out of five. And uh, Oh, we can do halves? I didn't know that. Four, four, Jesus. And I'm going to give it... We can go to four and a half want, thumbs like four up. Three frames. <laughs> yeah. Frames. So no, I, I liked it. Obviously, liked it a lot. So there we go. That's where we have it with uh, twelve monkeys. And who's got the pick this week? I do. Finally, yeah, Nick Prince got his pick. So tell us about it. Four interlocking tales that take place in a fading hotel on New Year's <laughs> Eve. Can anybody guess what it is? Four rooms. Oh God! All right. Four rooms. Don't even twelve monkey God. boy. <laughs> you don't like four rooms? Um, from what I remember watching before, no, but I can't wait to watch it again. So, oh, but you'll uh, it'll be well. This is a fun one too, though, Eric because we can't we can't chastise the director. Sure, you can. We can for each individual oh, story, rooms, right? Yeah, you can chastise all four of them if you want. Right? Who doesn't love a dead whore under the bed? But, uh, <laughs> I agree. All right, wait, four rooms. Cool. Yep, that is the pick. What year is that from? That is 95 as well. Cool. Alrighty. I'm Shay Hornback. Thanks for watching. Or listening. Sorry. Whatever. I'm Eric Hunter. Thanks for listening. I am Nick Prince. And I'm Ricky Glore. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs>